0: Hello and welcome to Uncode with B. This episode, we will be uncoding what it's like to jump into your first role in the tech industry and comparing experiences when the first role is in a large tech company or a startup. I have my friend James with us here. So James and I studied programming together. James and I's uh, first project together was creating a little marketplace called All Good Brew, (laughs) which sold craft beer.
1: (laughs) It was a great name. I think the name was made from a random name generator. It which was. Um, quite, quite a funny <laughs> pun from a computer.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it came up and it was so fitting because we had a Kiwi teacher. James will be sharing his experiences leaving the boot camp and going into a tech startup. And we'll be comparing this with my experience going into a large tech company. James, can you give us a little bit of an intro about yourself? What you were doing before you got into tech? and why you got into it.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for the the warm welcome. So it's been a bit of an interesting journey. So I've probably been working in the tech industry for about four years now or so, I'd say. And before that, I'd, I was spending a bit of time working as a medical records clerk at a hospital. So cool. yeah, a bit of a different sort of, uh, I guess, uh, beginning for me before I jumped into the tech industry. But the tech industry was always something that I was, I was interested in. And probably five, six years ago, I started thinking a bit more long-term about my career And that's what led me to start investigating the the tech industry and the tech world, because I'd always been uh, obsessed with computers and phones and video games and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So it was something that really excited me. This this feels like a job interview.
0: (laughs) Don't, there is no pressure, just...
1: I went through a job interview not long ago, and this feels kind of similar. So about four or five years ago is when I decided to, to jump across. Uh, what I began looking at was different things that I might be skilled at. Um, and one of the things, I guess, uh, as growing up, I was always the, the tech support guy in the house. So um, I'd fix all my, my parents' issues, my, my sister's issues with their computers. I used to do a lot of computer gaming, so I'd build my own computer PC at home, which was really cool when I was a teenager. So I thought those skills would probably be most transferable to like a tech support kind of role. Yeah. Um, and that's when I started uh, looking for sort of entry-level roles in the tech industry. Uh, and that led me to probably like a level one help desk role, because that was something approachable, something you didn't need like formal education for necessarily. And I began interviewing, I began looking around, and I was lucky enough to find a, a job at a, a law firm in the city as an in-house tech support person, predominantly just supporting Windows computers uh, and the Microsoft Office suite. So those were sort of like my quite humble beginnings in, in the tech world.
0: Was that all like self-learning, how you got into that point? Pretty
1: much. I think the main thing, when I went to the interview process for that, the main thing they were looking for was communication skills, um, especially for level one uh, help desk. It's more about how you, you deal with people um, and deal with people that might be experiencing frustrations and things yeah. like that. Um, And just being able to like talk to them from a place of understanding, I think, which we've all experienced tech issues. So we should all be able to understand that. So, and then a lot of the actual, like, I guess uh, learnings happened on the job. So a lot of the sort of more niche stuff and becoming familiar with the gimmicks and things of the Microsoft office suite and, um, you know, using active directory to manage user accounts and stuff, you know, in a windows sort of uh, network, build them up to that level. So that was a really good introduction to the tech world for me in a lot of ways, I think. And I, I was in that role for a bit over a year, but it was sort of towards the end of that role where I loved all the the tech side of things, but I felt a little constrained in my creativity. Because it's it, it felt like you're always sort of putting band-aid fixes on things and you were never solving solutions or solving problems long-term. Yeah. And then that sort of made me begin to think about programming and development because it felt like you're in the tech world, but you're sort of creatively solving problems.
0: I'm glad you've mentioned that. I think that's something people don't realize. Like tech and programming is way more creative than most people think. How did you sort of make the connection that going into programming would be more creative?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, Growing up, you always have this understanding of programming being very theoretical, kind of like physics or something like that. Um, And it's something that, the super highly intelligent can do and it's locked down to them only kind of thing and you, you, it's like in the matrix and there's binary flying <laughs> everywhere and all that kind of stuff and it feels like it's going to be really dry and heavy and, and not at all creative and funky and stuff but I guess when I started looking into it and looking um, into what that path they would be like to becoming a developer um, I became more and more aware that especially these days with different languages and framework things that are, have a lot of syntactical sugar and stuff that Um, It wasn't necessarily you're sitting there punching ones and zeros all day. There's a a lot more to it. Um, And as far as technology has come in terms of graphical user interfaces and all that kind of stuff, everything just felt like it needed an extra element of creativity from visuals to fluidity to performance, all that kind of stuff. Um, What we come to expect from technology is so much more than I think we did 20 years ago or 10 years ago or something like that. And as the world keeps changing, I just feel like more and more of our problems are being solved by technology. So it felt like if you wanted to be a a problem solver, you should be a developer because that's where everything was trending towards.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree with that. What were your expectations sort of going into working at a startup?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I've been trying to sort of think back to sort of recall what my expectations were. So for a bit of context, I guess, when I, I left by coding bootcamp, I started work at a company where I was their first hire outside of the three founders. So they were quite a tight knit group of people. And then I was sort of the first guy that came on board. My expectations were probably a place with like high energy um, and enthusiasm and, and real passion for for what they were doing, because I think anyone that starts a business needs to be passionate to get to that point where they, they started. So I thought there'd be that energy um, and that level of engagement that only happens in small places. So um, because of um, that, and these are just my expectations at this point, I thought small team, more people probably doing more, with more responsibility. And that's what I thought going in initially.
0: Yeah, I would say mine going into the large tech company differed from that in a way because there were so many people. I put a technical expectation on myself, having only gone through the bootcamp and not really done much programming it outside of that I was like am I going to be the right fit am I got are my skills okay so I think that's interesting seeing that balance of like your expectations were about that sort of cultural level and mine were putting pressures on myself about technical skills
1: that is that is really interesting um because I think that's exactly right I was a bit more worried about the culture fit and and, and at that point in time and, and how you're going to get on with people because it is so small I guess you know when you're one of four, you're 25% of the company, kind of thing. So your words mean a lot, and and that was a big worry for someone new to the tech industry. You know, you'd even worry about saying the wrong things, using the wrong terminology. Um, would they expect more from me than I could deliver because I am a large component of this company now? So that was really an interesting, interesting time.
0: So when you started, was there straight away like delivery expectations?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's, it's something I found as well. The the onboarding experience. Wasn't particularly structured, Um, and I think in one instance, just because it was a a small company, I was pretty much like their first hire, so there just weren't processes in place to really onboard people. Uh, They hadn't, they didn't have documents and um, like a knowledge, a knowledge base that they'd sort of set up. So in the first couple of weeks, a bit of it was kind of self-guided learning just from myself. We were predominantly working um, on applications, mobile applications, and some websites using something called the Ionic framework, which is written with Angular, Angular library. And that wasn't something I'd previously used before um, Angular. So I spent a bit of time sort of just familiarizing myself with that language probably about the first week or so. And then pretty much, Straight after that, um, I was thrown into a couple of projects, given some tasks, and it was just go. The stuff I did was um, shipped pretty much immediately. Uh, There wasn't much in the... And this is something that I think can happen in in a lot of small businesses, is just the the checks and balances aren't as necessarily as extreme as as in bigger companies. um, And that can be a good thing or a bad thing. So a lot of the stuff I did would be... Kind of reviewed at probably a much smaller level than it would be elsewhere, and then shipped. So I could feel like I was making an impact pretty immediately. But in some ways, that was quite scary because I wasn't sure if I was ready to be making an impact.
0: That's pretty cool. You're doing that within like two weeks. For us, we our first six months at least was pure learning. Like there was no delivery at all. It was pure building different carters, as they call it learning different languages, learning about DevOps, learning about the different things, but it was purely learning. There was no delivery. So, But would you say having been forced to deliver straight away built your confidence quicker?
1: Yes. Yes, I, I definitely would. I'd say it's kind of a double-edged sword because I felt like in some ways I was left to fight with the wolves kind of, um, and I was thrown into it given tasks And I just had to fight my way through it and work out how to do it. And I learned so much from it. I think um, I wouldn't be anywhere near as progressed as I am today if it wasn't for that situation. Um, But I feel like it can also be a bit of a double-edged sword because with a bit of a lack of oversight and time to, to sort of build up your, your your skill base. I think you can ingrain bad habits. Um, and that's something that down the line I thought more and more about. Uh, and you'd wonder if what you've been doing is best practice and you'd you'd start to sort of second guess yourself on certain things. And there weren't necessarily the people around to ask or they didn't have the time for you to ask because it was such a fast paced company. Um, so I feel like I was learning tons, but I wasn't always sure if I was learning uh What was best?
0: I was going to ask about that. So obviously you said they sort of checked over what you shipped. But yeah, was there ever a focus on like language design or best practice? Like was that sort of ever looked over or was it sort of just checked that it works? Because it works is very different to it's built well. 100%
1: and that's exactly right. Um, Definitely not initially. Initially, it was more just along the terms of it works and it wasn't so much an issue if there was any technical debt or it didn't sort of mould to to best practice. If it worked, it was probably good enough to ship. Now, over time when I was working at this company, that did start to change. As the company became bigger and more people came on board, they sort of realised that probably wasn't like a sustainable approach for new employees um, and it wasn't something you could always maintain as the company grew because you'd have so many people doing so many different things there needed to be some process around it Um, so towards the end of my time there there was sort of an introduction of a lot more of a a bit of I guess you could say like a like a a review process for code but definitely for a large portion of my time there it was a lot of unsupervised work uh, and a lot of it was just someone would sort of do a a UI test where they just sort of click around on your code and and that was good enough. Um, and that's part of the reason why I think it was easy to build bad habits because you wouldn't ever really get pulled up and you wouldn't know if you were doing something that wasn't necessarily, uh, the best way to do it. So that was a really interesting experience. And that wasn't something I'd really thought about going into working for a a small, uh, startup company. I hadn't really thought about those potential situations where I might be given more freedom than I should be given. um, (laughs) And I might just be teaching myself bad things. Yeah.
0: I think that's hard because I think it's like, it's so awesome, especially when you're starting out being like, yes, I built that. It's out there. People using are using it. But yeah, you don't consider the long run of developing those bad habits because for us, they very much ingrained in us. Language design, good testing, how to test well, all of that sort of stuff very early on. Yeah. And the trade-off was that we didn't get to deliver till much later. So yeah, it's really interesting somehow finding that
1: balance. 100%. 100%.
0: So you said you did a lot of manual testing. Did they Mm. work with you on much automated testing?
1: No. So automated testing wasn't really part of our process uh, while I was there. Um, now, we had quite a lot of different projects built on different frameworks and, and different, uh, I guess, technology stacks and things like that. But, but throughout my entire time, uh, I guess, like automated testing wasn't really a large thing. Uh, there were a couple of other projects that I wasn't working on where towards the end of my time, they were trying to introduce some automated testing. But predominantly it wasn't it wasn't really a thing and that was one of the sort of things that I was always sort of really interested in learning more about and obviously as as someone that's sort of a a junior software engineer you sort of you you read a lot you read on medium and you read on reddit or whatever and um, you read about other companies and their practices and you start to think oh are we doing things the way we should be doing am I doing things the way I should be doing maybe I should be doing things differently uh it was something that was kind of difficult for me at times because I always wondered if what I was doing was good enough, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I totally get that. So I guess I was super lucky in the sense because it was such a big company. We got given two mentors that were dedicated to us as a junior. And so they would very much call out, no, you should do it like this. You should do it like this. Keeping in mind as well, programming in general is very opinionated. And one person's way it should be is not going to be another person's. Just sort of understanding those trade-offs. Yeah, so I guess it was good to know that there was someone or two people there at least calling out if I was doing best practice or if I wasn't or why something might be better. So I think that's the, that's sort of a benefit of a large company that they have that time and those resources to be able to share that with you. Did you get much, obviously yours was quite a small company with the three founders there. Did you get to spend much time with them talking through that sort of stuff at any point or like the biggest focus was on delivery? So, it's a
1: really good question. Um, so, there was a big focus on delivery, but at the same time, it was always encouraged to ask questions and bring up potential ideas for how things can be improved and, and all that kind of stuff. And my direct manager, the senior developer, was always really open and welcoming to discussion and, and stuff like that. But it was always a case where there was no formal process for that. We didn't have time set aside each each week or project catch-ups where you'd sort of just review specific things uh, you've written in code or how you might architect or tackle something so it was always a case where you'd sort of be reaching out for it which is really which is great that you can do that but it's not always something especially as a junior that you feel comfortable doing necessarily you know you might feel like you're putting your hand up too often you might say oh maybe I should be doing more of this by myself so I think without like a formal process um, of mentorship, it can be really hard when it's kind of just left up to the, the junior to dictate. Their own mentoring. I think it can be really tricky, and that's kind of the situation I was in. I found, obviously, very small company. It's going to be totally different for like lots of other people, but this is just sort of my experience where a lot of that, I guess, guidance had to had to be self-driven. It wasn't something that was just thrown out there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would. Something you touched on there is some advice I'd give to anyone starting out. So you said, "Are you putting your hand up too much?" and well, someone did tell me this very early on, but like you can never ask too many questions. People much prefer you asking the question and knowing then and there, then getting way down the road, but you didn't understand the first little thing. So now you're completely lost. That's
1: exactly right. Yeah. And that's one of the things, like, you know, when I came into this company, I felt like I knew nothing. And a couple of months in, you start to feel like, oh, I've I've learned a fair bit. And then six months after that, you realize again, you don't know anything. So um, there's this sort of period where you open your eyes up to the breadth of what there is to know. And it's just, it smacks you in the face. So you should always be asking questions, always be Googling, always tapping your peers on the shoulder and saying, hey, does this seem right? What do you think about this? And that's something I wish I did more of, it's something that I think you learn with time. Yeah. But at the start, it'd be, it's good for people to tell you that.
0: Yeah, because I would say I've definitely gone through this wave of like, yes, I'm learning so much, I'm so good. Then the downfall is like, why am I a developer? I cannot be a developer. This is way too hard. Have you had that sort of roller coaster as well?
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. There are some days. There are some weeks. There might even have been, <laughs> been a month where I've thought I've, I've cracked it. I'm I'm becoming a really really good developer, and I've, my knowledge is great. And then something will happen and you you'll read something or you'll encounter something and you realize that's just not how it is it's not possible uh there's so much to know so much to learn and the one thing i've you know I've, I've constantly been trying to improve upon is just my ability to learn my ability to ask the right questions my ability to um i guess articulate what i'm trying to achieve and i think i mean that kind of communication is what makes a great developer just sort of knowing what you want to achieve yeah. you don't necessarily need to know how to achieve it uh, <laughs> but if you know what you want to achieve you can find someone that does or someone to help you or a way to do it. A
0: hundred percent. I think that's something that's really lost in understanding of what it it means to be a developer. People put so much onus on your technical skills when really those communication skills make the world of difference on, yeah, on being a developer.
1: Yeah, I agree a hundred percent.
0: And in terms of like culture at a startup, I'd like to hear what, It was like, like, cause you always hear about startups, the hours are crazy or like, what was the flexibility in like working from home or yeah. What was just the general culture like?
1: Yeah, so it was quite varied. It was just super varied. So um, it was extremely flexible. Uh, the guys that I worked with were all fantastic. Uh, and understanding that people have different schedules. So if you, you know, if your car broke down, you needed to take it in for a service one morning. That was no problem. You could, you know, you could make up the hours another time. Um, pretty much as long as we we're doing our sort of eight nine hours a day, it was no issue. Now, of course, there would be times where things would come up where you had a release or. Um, something had to be delivered by a certain time and there might be an issue where uh, you might need to stay back a bit and you may be pulling a bit of a late night or something like that. But I never felt like, uh, one thing I should say is I never felt like that was mandatory. I never felt like there was pressure on you to be up at midnight with someone (laughs) uh, behind you sort of just looking at their watch saying, when are you going to be done? It was always kind of a a culture where you'd want to be a part of it. You'd want to be a part of the delivery. You'd want to make sure that you were putting in that last punch of effort to to get it over the line. And I I felt like this company, they were really supportive of the fact that, you know, if you'd worked some extra hours or you'd done something that you could take a little bit extra time off somewhere else. Um, I was really lucky and, This was, of course, in a a bit of a pre-COVID world where working from home wasn't as predominant. um, And I was lucky enough to sort of be given some responsibility where they they allowed me to work from home whenever I needed to. That was something I was able to do, um, which was pretty awesome for a sort of a junior developer. I actually was even able to sort of go overseas for a period of time and and work remotely while I was with that company, which was really awesome as well, which is an interesting experience. Yeah. But yeah, I I think from a, a culture standpoint, it was just a really cool place to be where you've got these young people that are super excited about what they're doing. Um, And that's kind of infectious when you're around it all day. You're not abstracted away from the company as a whole. You're right there. You know, you sort of feel like you are the company. And that was a really exciting energy to be around.
0: That's really cool. I think that that sort of energy is missed in a large tech company because each team is working on one small function and they're all so different. But yeah, you don't have sort of that wider goal passion when being in that large tech company. So that's really cool. But I think in a general sense, the culture sounded pretty similar. And I think you hear that from most tech companies where it's like that very flexible lifestyle or if you need to work from home or whatever. So um, I think that's something that sort of flows in most tech companies
1: definitely and you think especially lucky these days so yeah um, I feel feel very very fortunate to be working in an industry where it is so flexible um and I mean at any you could be anywhere in the world and as long as you got your computer with you you can be doing your your full day's work
0: exactly that's one like one huge pro about this um this industry is that it is Mm. so flexible in that sense
1: yeah, and that's actually—I mean, I should have mentioned that earlier—but that is something that also was, you know, enticing to me initially about the tech industry. That it can just it's, it is so portable, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in a sense, um, yeah, you don't have to worry about having your tool belt and uh, you know a, a client right there in front of you. You can you can work wherever you want. So
0: exactly. What yeah. would you say are some other? reasons why you love being in the tech industry
1: oh well I just I find it really exciting I just feel like because it's evolving so quickly it is something that changes so rapidly part of my day can be reading the news and seeing what's on the horizon what's coming up Um, and I really like that progressive nature of the tech industry Um, it's something that I can you know think about the industry I work in five years from now and be super excited about it and you know I think there are some industries where that's not the case where things don't change that frequently Exactly. The pace of change is awesome.
0: <laughs> I totally agree. And I think one thing that's so different being a developer to being in, in other industries and other roles that I love is that you take onus of your career and you're constantly learning, constantly doing different things. You can, you can work in different industries. Whereas I feel like when I worked in other, other industries, you've sort of got to wait for that role to come and you're not really doing anything different or anything more exciting. You've just got a bit of a bigger paycheck. Whereas here you can like move around, you, you, you own it yourself.
1: A hundred percent. That's exactly right. And I mean, at least for me personally, there haven't been many other jobs that I've done where I then want to, you know, maybe on the weekend, tackle a side project of my own where I'm using all the tools I use at work and building something for myself that I find interesting. And for me, at least, that's uh, that's, a, that's a rare thing. <laughs> it is something I'm very interested in and enjoy. So yeah, might as well be making a living out of it.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I think one thing that I've found is so cool is most other industries you say, oh, this person's. Been here for five years they've got the most knowledge you've got to do as they say whereas here i've taught a senior that i work with about like he hadn't really worked with kubernetes before and i had so i was teaching him about kubernetes and i think that sort of like humbleness of everyone sort of knows every something different is really cool because majority of other industries if someone's been there longer and they're deemed a senior you're not really going to teach them something.
1: Exactly right. I can definitely relate to that. I think um, when, I, when I was working at a law firm, even though I was working as a tech support, I mean, just the very nature of law firms are so uh, hierarchical where you've got like you start off as a junior lawyer and then you've got like a senior associate, a special counsel, partners, whatever. You really see that where um, seniority is something that is kind of a bit feared.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I feel
1: like in the tech industry and the development world, it's it's very different. It's uh, it feels like everyone knows they don't know everything, right? Yeah. So knowledge sharing is so massive to the success of a company that everyone embraces it and you yeah. feel really good about being able to share
0: things definitely that's really cool i think you've touched on so many things that i completely agree with so even though we've had two different paths i think you end up with the same understanding that like learning is key good culture being passionate at the end of the day you still gain all that which is really cool a
1: hundred percent yeah and the one of the things i've just i've been pondering over the last couple of years is just the constant need for self-reflection you know and um just just Checking in with yourself, you know, once a week, once a month, and just saying like, um, is this the path I want to be on? Am I, you know, learning at the rate I want to learn? And, and that's something I've been doing. And I
0: Does that answer change um, week to week?
1: <laughs> it does. It does change yeah. very frequently. Sometimes I do things better than others. Um, but I think if I ask myself, at least I've got kind of like a check in place.
0: Yeah. Have you managed to sort of touch on a bit of like DevOps, um, back end, front end security? Like, have you sort of touched on all those areas?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I was working um, at the at the startup, it was one of those things where I was hired. I think my title was junior front end developer. I think. Okay. Um, but that was really not at all what the role was. I feel like that might have just been like some sort of pay award. Yeah. Because <laughs> the role was very full stack. It was kind of like I think by week one I had like full credentials to like our AWS portal and all that kind of stuff and. Um, was creating resource stacks and and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like I've touched on a lot of places. Uh, I was given a lot of free reign to touch on a lot of places, which was overwhelming at first, but a really cool experience. But funnily enough, now in my new role where I'm a bit more senior, that's sort of been scaled back for me. I've got probably less access and I think in a way that's that's probably better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what are you in now? Are you on like front, back, DevOps?
1: Um, At the moment, I'm a front end developer. So back to my roots from when I was hired as originally. (laughs) And I I feel good, like I feel good to sort of be focusing on something and just trying to sort of, I guess, find some mastery in my craft over time.
0: I was always very certain. I don't know if you remember me saying back when we were studying, I used to be very certain that I wanted to be a backend developer. I really enjoyed those problems. Um, And so I managed to, I did some time in a DevOps team, which I really enjoyed as well. And then I stayed put in a backend team and I was loving it. And then recently I got transferred to a full stack team and I wasn't sure if I'd really like, because it did have a heavier focus on front end. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And now I'm really enjoying the front end and seeing that there is just... As many cool problems to solve in the front end as there are in the back end.
1: That's awesome to hear. I I do remember you saying that. I do remember (laughs) you saying
0: that. Um, So that's been really good. And one of my managers, though, just said to me, because we were sort of talking about this finding your mastery type thing, because you do sort of discuss at the start of your career, sort of all those different areas and which one you might want to get into. And I asked him when he, how long it took him to find his mastery. And he said seven years. I was like, wow. Mm. Okay. That's cool. I was thinking I had to find it within like a couple years, but it's good to know that some people, you do have that time if you want to.
1: Yeah. No, it's good to hear from me too. Uh, (laughs) I still feel like I'm finding that, but isn't that great? Isn't that great that um, the industry uh, allows that, that you can have that time where you explore different things and it's always changing. And Uh, you can build up what would be your mastery. Definitely. No, I think I I just like what you said before about how we've gone on sort of quite different paths, but had a lot of the same realizations, I thought was a really, a really interesting point because I haven't really spoken to too many people uh, about this kind of thing. Uh, And it's really interesting because you always wonder, like, is my experience unique? Are other people that sort of started at the same time as me? Like, where are we? What's everyone thinking? So it's really cool to sort of hear that quite different journeys, similar thoughts.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think you do put a lot of pressure on yourself to be like, do I have enough skills? But it sounds like, yeah, you sort of all get there in the end and it doesn't matter because you probably know a whole bunch. Like I've never worked with Angular, but I've worked with a lot of other different frameworks we might know completely different things, but still are doing okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly right. Exactly right. And uh, yeah, that's really awesome. It's really awesome. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this, this chat.
0: <laughs> Good. Me too. I was, because I think it was something at the start I always wanted to know as well. What is it like to be at a startup or a large company? Like, does it impact your roadmap that much? And so I was really looking forward to this conversation as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: But yeah, thank you so much for your time, James. This has been really, really interesting.
1: Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, all the best for your journey going forwards.
0: Thanks, and same to you. And thanks everyone for tuning in to Uncode with B, and I will catch you next time.